like we're going from like well I'm not worried about kids what? sex education they're way yeah. ahead that's a question so, uh, I wouldn't so think to you, ask if you have a friend who has syphilis but doesn't eat bread or mold uh, pardon me I'm a French aristocrat time traveler child and I'm wondering about syphilis so my I, nose is just a little loose I've noticed yeah. all of my friends faces are caving in and I'm hey, look, concerned I tried mercury didn't work mm-hmm. wouldn't recommend kind of made it worse actually. yeah yeah, I mean, it was kind of cool for a second. I mean, p- pissing metal was pretty rad, but you know, my teeth are very blue. And also, the also, I'm still French, there. so like, how would I know that I'm gluten intolerant? <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh. Oh, hey guys, welcome to Categorical Oracle, the podcast where three librarians give neglected topics their organizational due. My name is Andrew Crawford, and with me, as always, are Kelly Connolly and. Mary Johnston. How are you guys doing today? What's what's happening? What's happening in Mary and Kelly land? Well, recently, all three of us went to go see a Billy Joel concert. <laughs> sure did. Yep. Sure Along with 5,000 other people? Yeah. Something like that. Like an, a, an baffling sum. <laughs> a Miller Parks full amount you know, of people. When you're surrounded with that many people, you really realize how... Um, you contextualize your Billy Joel fandom and realize what a casual <laughs> fan you truly are. Oh, None yeah. of us were wearing yeah. thematic shirts. No. Or yeah. own a thematic shirt. No, it wasn't even. I, I, it wasn't even like I'm not. I'm going to the concert and I can't wear the shirt because that's not cool. Which is true. Yeah. But but a lot of people didn't get that memo. A lot of people don't know that. Apparently. Did you yeah. also see that they were selling vinyl records there? I did see that because I kept seeing people running around with them. I'm like, Billy Joel's not going to sign your record, dude. Yeah. yeah. And also, then, like, but you know, so I assume they must have been for sale. Yeah. Do you realize how easy it is to find a Billy Joel record, like an actual one from 1980, yeah, whatever, for like two. Fucking go dollars. to any record store. Or any Goodwill, honestly. Yeah. I don't mean that as like a dig on Billy Joel. He was so popular that He's his records are everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Billy Joel, you're bucks so on a popular yeah. that we can buy your oh, stuff. Oh, he knows. He, yes, he liked to mention at the show. Billy Joel, very confident in his success, which I mean he should be, but like... I felt, in, I felt like it had like the right... I actually was very impressed with his patter. I mean, obviously... Oh, he was charming. Yeah. Obviously people... Well, to be fair, you were like, Billy, Joel, Billy, no patter, Joel. <laughs> initially. <laughs> well, because initially he just came out and just played. Yeah. He was not... There was no opening act. Two songs. There was no warm-up. Before he said a goddamn word to us. Nobody even announced him. Billy Joel does not believe in foreplay, I think is what I took away from that. But I thought he was pretty good. Um, I enjoyed the show immensely. It did did make me, I'll say, like, you know, I've always been a big fan of music, but when I saw a live performance, it it made me long for something. It was beautiful, but, like, I wanted to, if you if you will, imagine a world where time drifts slowly sort of a sort of if you will a world where music just can just carry you away when you would what is what you're saying is as we sat in a stadium full of middle-aged white people <laughs> you you wanted to be a part of their world yeah I, I, yeah i wanted to be part of their world and i wanted or an I wanted, aerial i wanted to i wanted to have the perfect soundtrack for for that way of life that i that could yep. be my way of life uh, possibly directly from europe a, a multi-platinum collection that is one of the hearts of millions that's right I, I guess really what i'm saying guys is i wanted to not just be in a mood but in a pure mood. <laughs> oh, that's right. Today we're talking about that, that omnipresent thing from our childhood. Pure moods. Imagine a world where time drifts slowly. A world where music carries you away. 
Experience pure moods, the perfect soundtrack for your way of life. Ah, uh. that really was something. Uh, yeah, I, blast from the past. I yeah. really realized that my non-standard cable watching um, TV choices have really cut down on my ability to see infomercials. And that's oh a shame. lord, I yeah. I wonder if there's anything. I mean, I wonder. I guess I, I, is there anything like this today? Probably not. I think the last pure moods compilation was in two thousand six. Oh, maybe not for music. Not for. Yeah. I mean, there's there still now. Yeah. Like now, that's what I call music. Are still a thing, and kids bop is still a thing. Fascinating. Kids bop is, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like infomercials are still a thing because every time I go to a hotel, I'm like infomercial. But they're mostly for like cleaning products, right? Yeah. And and and, and, and gadgets projects, products. Yeah. A gadget. A gadget. Mm. Yep. Well, this one is about a compilation CD, I believe also tape? I don't know. It was a tape, too. Tape and CD. Um, And what we're doing with that... The tape was a whole dollar cheaper. Wow. We're taking the songs off of that uh, legendary compilation, and what we're going to do is... uh, (laughs) We're we're taking them directly to Spotify. We'll stick to them on Spotify. Indeed. Or YouTube. (laughs) <laughs> and what we've done is we've we've taken these songs and we've we've gone and crafted original categories for each of them, uh, and brought put together a bit of a list. Uh, every episode, we compare notes and select the best category for each item. So, of course, this week, pure moods part one because. Uh, Series long, too complex. Yeah, this is too much for one episode. So this is part one of a two-part series. Um, so we're, we're doing the first half of. Pure moods. Guys, what did you... Uh, so, you know, I guess, I mean, for me, speaking just purely from a subjective point of view, I, I that commercial was deeply burned into my brain. It was so weird and nostalgic, but I never actually listened to the CD. We didn't no, no, no. have it in my house. No. It was amazing how, like, it starts and you're like, oh, yeah, I know all of these songs oh, yeah. in this exact order. And I know all of them. Yeah. Yep. All of them in exactly the order. And it puts you right back into, like, sitting on your dad's couch. Oh, yeah. Watching his shitty television <laughs> in West Dallas. Um, I don't recall ever seeing this commercial, but I do remember the commercials for Celtic women. Mm. And that is yeah. what it reminded me of, except with way less formal wear. <laughs> way less formal wear I wonder if the formal wear for 30 year old women market has gone into steep decline in this age of no Celtic women and um, very limited chamber opera <laughs> <laughs> right? Or, or just sort of Celtic things like dancing or music or just sort of well but those have their own costumes it's very specific when you get someone singing music to you in a prom dress who's 30 <laughs> yes so this is a so obviously this this speaks to a to a different time a different time our lives sometimes in society i'd actually never heard like yeah like we didn't own it but I, it was it's the most familiar thing in the world to me but i never listened to it what was your guys first impression listening to Pure moods. Part one only, please. Part one only. Only the first half. We'll save other criticisms. Oh. Or, or really, you know, um, just broad strokes. What did you think about it? I mean, club bangers for new age people. Slash also uh, pure one sex tape music. Yes. So many theme songs. So many theme songs. But like almost sexy versions of these? Yeah, very. Very weird. Variants. Yes. I feel like we get more into that in part two, too. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so... What we've talked. What what is pure moods? What exactly is why why are we here? What is this thing? What why is why? why? Uh, so pure. So for, funny enough, I didn't find a lot of information about it. It's not. Yeah. It's not. Despite being like so omnipresent, there's not a lot well, of general. I mean, it's it's a compilation CD. There's not like a grand story. I was kind of hoping there would be. 
like some some brilliant marketer in Belgium was like, this is what the world needs. And John Williams said, <laughs> gather the music together from all corners of the world. I mean, I think that the ultimate thing was it was like, you know, hippies were becoming uh, yuppies. Yeah. Yep. And but they st- and this was I-, I did a lot of reading about New Ageism oh, through nice. this. Ah. Hmm. And um, as I like to say, I am. Um, I, I tend to fall in the I'm religious, not spiritual, even though I'm not really that religious. Mm-hmm. But I understand religion a lot more than I feel understand spirituality. spirituality because when I look inside myself, um, I see a void in community. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> community is my religion. I don't. I don't feel higher powers. Um, which is my own thing, but if you do, that's great. Mm-hmm. Awesome cool for, for you. you. Um, so a lot of New Ageism um, is definitely not for me because it's all about looking inside yourself and like seeing the universe and all mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So I did like a deep dive on New Ageism and I was like, so much of this is absolute middle class detestable nonsense. <laughs> is, <laughs> is New Ageism a thing that only happens in boom economies? Discuss. Ooh, actually, I uh, don't think no, so. No, actually, the opposite. I think because it's it's really so. like peaked. Um, I guess like for me, so uh, I'm kind of not Maybe not the comment. opposite of Mary, but in the sense that um, I you grew up in a Catholic. I was raised. raised I was raised liberally Catholic, and you're not actively Catholic, but it's, that still informs how you still exist Catholic. today. You still have to yes, be culturally, but Catholic, because of right? the, I'm absolutely culturally Catholic, and also because I was lucky enough to be raised by liberal Catholics, yeah. I have basically none of the Catholic guilt. So I don't have a beef with Catholicism apart from like... The the obvious. Apart from all of the political stuff that obviously everyone should have a beef with Catholicism for. Yeah. 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 See, so I I had sort of a similar but very different experience where I was raised um, not religiously but by a mother who was very into New Agey sort of spirituality. So yeah, I, I I was raised in the presence of a lot of New Age spiritual stuff but I don't practice it but it still informs how I view the world. I am culturally New Age broad stroke spirituality <laughs> the way Mary is culturally Catholic. Just like just like I can swap stories about um, confirmation names, mm-hmm. you can swap stories about the time your mom bought a big crystal. Yes, yes. yes. It's a thing where like I definitely don't actively believe things, but I also de- like I don't really believe Mercury retrograde is a thing, but Mercury retrograde is definitely a thing. Like I can't not get it out of my head. It's really burned in there. It um, makes sense to you that other people believe it strongly. Exactly. Yeah. And you can speak to it. And I think from my perspective, I think uh, to your point, Kelly, it's not so much. And there is value in the idea of it. There is a cost to it such that, you know, you, you, you spend money to engage in these things. Not in like necessarily, not, not explicitly in a culty way. There's definitely that element to it. But like to buy large crystals, to go to classes, to buy books, there is a certain like boom element. But also it, you know, it comes from a place of like need. I, you know, I agree. But I. I have a much more cynical take on it. Mm-hmm. I th- I think I know what you're getting around to. I think that is a byproduct. I think we're experiencing it now. Yes, uh-huh. very much so. And I think <laughs> that we are, we're definitely doing okay economy-wise, but I think we're like bra- approaching Everyone's a recession. Everyone's waiting for a disaster. Uh-huh. Yeah. Everyone's ready for an economic disaster. I think it's a time when, when we, as a, as a culture, have strong conservative values being pushed on us like kind of what happened in the 90s yes. right mm-hmm. yeah suddenly there's a, a resurgence of conserva- conservatism that directly benefits the upper middle class yes mm-hmm. and there are members of the upper middle class that want to continue to enjoy those benefits but also reject some of the ideology but they don't want to put any ideology that might 
um, threaten the status quo, which is allowing them to benefit. Mm -hmm. So they have kind of these soft, mushy ideas that fill yeah. that void. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, 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 it's I find it very, I mean, again, like coming my, my perspective of having it sort of be a, an omnipresent thing in my, my formative years, I find it very fascinating. But I think, um, to get more specific to the city, new age music as a concept is even more fascinating because it's not, it's nothing. New age is not actually like a genre. It's a, an umbrella term that sort of collects a bunch of things, some of which are oh, actually sure. quite good, some of which are absolute garbage. Most of the garbage, the latter category ended up on this CD or some variation <laughs> of these CDs. Um, so let's get, let's, uh, let's, we talked a lot about the, uh, the album itself. And actually, just to be super clear, we're talking about, there, there are a few different versions of this. We were talking about the, the, <laughs> not the, not the original release, rather the 1997 re-release because it seemed more interesting. And also, I believe, I believe that, the the ad that is so iconic from our youth was referencing that version, not the not original. The first one. So that's there's what a, we're there's definitely about. at least one like smoking gun that leads us to that assumption. Yeah. But I am referring to the techno remix of the X Files. Absolutely, <laughs> that they, they go out of their way to mention. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's so we're looking at the the um, 1997 release, and I couldn't. I had a hard time finding like that on Spotify. So I made you made it. I made the list. Um, since none of the existing ones actually covered all the songs, it drove me a little crazy. So we'll share that out too for listeners who want to get on board with this experience all the way. <laughs> Let's get into the actual tracks themselves. Uh, at the at the top of the list, "Return to Innocence" by the band Enigma. Woof. <laughs> it's, ain't, uh, that, ain't that a thing? It really, I will say though, you know how, like, when you get in a pool for the first time and if you, like, tiptoe in just up to your navel and you're like, that's oh, so cold, so cold, so cold, and then you just finally put your head under and that's much better? Mm -hmm. I do feel like that is the attitude you have to have <laughs> if you're going to listen to this entire CD in its entirety. Yeah. Yes. Yep. You need to you need to fully submerge yourself in into Enigma, and then everything else is better for it. And and, and understandably, this is how they kicked off the ad, as we compared at the, at the top of the show, um, with some ay ay ayings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's talk about the song. So, Return to Innocence. What what is what is this? Who? Why? What is this song? What? So, why? what are you, Return to Innocence? So, it's a song by the Romanian German musical group Enigma, uh, and released uh, in 1994. Uh, in January of 1994, to be specific, as the lead single from their second album, Cross of Changes. Um, so one thing you're going to, one recurring theme you'll see, at least the, particularly the first half uh, in part one of this uh, series, is people taking the music of indigenous persons and incorporating it into these songs. Now, you might, there, there's the angle to say, oh, well, they're just giving, giving, you know, um, Giving these people a stage to 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 share their music with the world, right? Guillermo, yeah, like they're like you know producers who bring yeah indie yeah. movies to the forefront, exactly. Or like saying you know what we 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 have a platform, let's give it to some other people. That is sometimes it, true, sometimes true, but most of the cases most the, time, no. not yeah. actually what's happening. So what happened? So yes, the the, the chance, the the iconic chant is. Uh, Music produced uh, by, and I apologize for pronunciation. I tried to find a, a proper pronunciation for this, but I could not find it. So I'm going to give my best shot. The Amis, not Amish, but Amis or Amis uh, people. Um, 
and it was recorded. The actual the recording itself was was done by by two uh, people, uh, Defang and Ige Duana, uh, from the Amos, uh, and they were involved in a cultural exchange program in Paris in the late eighties. Great. Yeah. So they they came to Paris. They recorded this. Um, at the Maison du Culture du Monde, the uh, House of World Culture, I guess. <laughs> Mary liked that pronunciation. Yeah, and uh, it was it was actually distributed. This recording was distributed on a CD, um, presumably a tape as well, given the time it was released. <laughs> so um, Enigma, their producer specifically, found a copy of this and sampled it. Which again, I, I'm not going to go into the, the ethics of sampling. I, I think uh-huh. as a, as a form of expressive art, it's fantastic. I think people do need to have credit where credit is due. But do. they should have made some paper from that. And these guys didn't make paper from it. They just yeah. took this this sort of and this is this is if you will the ultimate. Um, this is this is a fantastic representation of like weird cultural Pro-perp. colonialism. Yeah. Um, this is yeah. This isn't appropriation. This is straight up colonialism. They like took it. They use it. They didn't give credit. It's um, just like Pink Floyd and those school children. Exactly. <laughs> is that right? no. They didn't get paid for that. No. Sure didn't. Oof. So what do you guys? What do you guys think of this ditty? <laughs> I don't like it very much. <laughs> <laughs> I think beyond it be like beyond it being like gross cultural appropriation, it's just not good. No, I and yeah. to me there's. Um, there's an, the episode, the Eels episode of Mighty Boosh, where um, you have uh, you have the end song is about the past and the future colliding to make something not quite as good as either. <laughs> that is how I feel a lot about New Age music, but this yeah. is definitely how I feel about this. Like, so you have this chanting, and then it's someone just being like, "A return to innocence," as if like because these people live in a developing country, yeah. they're more pure moods yeah. than you are <laughs> is like gross even on even on like the most surface level like it does not hold up to critique yeah and also like the white people talking don't sound good no this no. this is this is why people don't like new age music i agree with that because it's just it is everything that is detestable about the like again like not not, not all new age music again i'll point you to suzanne shani or laraji as fantastic or or brian eno who's amazing um, as fantastic examples of like quote unquote well, ambient music, music is great is good is sometimes well. quite good yes but this is this is this is literally everything about it from the from the title from the appropriation of of, of recording from the people's. band name which <laughs> is also name, maddening yeah. the name uh, of the album like literally yeah to Mary's point they're saying that the implication at least is that, that by by touching ground on uh, on non-Western cultures, you are returning to some sort of state of innocence, which is a t- deeply toxic idea. Yeah. This is why people think Africa is like an undeveloped country, even though it is in fact a very it's modern awesome. continent. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's such a, that's such a big thing. Um, so yeah, I also didn't care for it. Also why we think of indigenous people, no matter where, oh, yeah. no matter yeah. what area we're talking about as um, caricatures of things that we consider old. Yeah, this like is awesome. when 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 Ameri- like I think when most white American people think about natives, mm-hmm. they imagine somebody like in traditional clothing. Yeah. Whereas when we think of ourselves, we don't think of ourselves as pilgrims. Yeah. God, no. Yeah. Crying at the side of the highway because of trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, like didn't know like, that man was Italian. Yeah. <laughs> They, they they did that a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they did that a lot. Yeah, but no, it's definitely like spaghetti westerns after all. Yes. No. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a fascinating example of like everything that's wrong with New Age <laughs> ideology. Right up on top. Right up on top. Really, like they, it's like they knew what they were doing, but they clearly didn't. Um, so, what do you guys have for uh, for categories? 
for this. How do we how do we label this little little piece? Um, one of the things that turns me off uh, New Age stuff, and I promise I'm not just going to whine about New Age stuff the entire <laughs> way through, but I am going to do about this song, is what I don't like about it is I feel like there's this sense that because you are touching on down on something quote-unquote older and everything is older than America pretty much because mm-hmm. we are such a young country and we are a young culture, um, is like deeper and better, but also you don't need to take it all in. Mm-hmm. Like, I am fully on board with people taking um, the parts of religion that is helpful to them and good to th- for them and using it to their benefit mm-hmm. because it's all just a social construct anyway, so who really cares? The one good tenet of Scientology. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. However, it is you have to really evaluate how you're doing that, I think, if you are going across oceans or or, in, or digging into something that is distinctly not your cultural background. Mm-hmm. And it really bothers me that it's sort of just like, well, no, I mean, like, the, as the Buddha would say, and I was like, do you actually know what you're talking about? Like, th- that actually does mean something to a lot of people. And it's pretty disrespectful of you to just, like, take that and use it for your own gain to make yourself feel better about yourself which is explicit in this song where it's just like just look inside yourself yeah you know what you're doing follow your path that's all that matters and you're Mm -hmm. like yeah that's real great if you're like rich in america and white yes you do have that luxury i'll I'll cite our own episode misused quotes in reference to uh to thine own self be true indeed indeed um but this just feels like a mix of like stuff that we would consider old and then put together with a synthesizer and then and it kind of has ideology in it but it kind of doesn't <laughs> stuff we would consider old including the drum break from the Led Zeppelin song When the Levee Breaks which is actually <laughs> like what the drum is in this so uh, so I call it, so I thought it was like people just sort of like sampling ideologies and only taking enough so that it was like you know, so they had like they touched down on it and mm-hmm. said they could, but then you didn't really fully commit. Yeah, a sort of like an ideological tapas, as it were. <laughs> um, and I called this a belief aperitif. Ooh, oh. I like that elegance. Nice. Thank you. Go. I very simply called this. No explanation needed. Uh, Gwen Stefani's Harajuku girl's face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. I actually, I actually was just thinking about that a second ago. As Mary was starting to talk, that was like a yep. perfect thing. It's, uh, it's one of those things where uh, we forget that Gwen Stefani did that, and it's not okay. She continues to do it all the time. Yeah. There's also that fantastic uh, Kirsten Dunst music video where she does a cover of I'm Turning Japanese, oh. and she's just in Japan, and she's like singing it about really liking Japan, not about masturbating which is what the actual song oh, about okay. in a racist way which is also racist yeah um i uh, i was like read more into it and so beyond like taking asian like japanese women and also japanese american women renaming them not letting them answer to their actual names she also had made them contractually obligated to only speak japanese in public Whoa. oh so that they seemed more more of what she was claiming that they were. Oh. That's really weird. She literally took away their voices. That's great. Jesus, Gwen. Wowza. Wowie, wow, 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 wow. Well, so for me, I, you know, I have to do a theme for my categories. Because this is the soundtrack to moms of the early 90s, suburban moms in particular, all of my categories are suburban mom from the early 90s themed. Because I think the defining trait of the song is it's it's sort of weird uh, sonic colonialism. I went with the category 
That would have been a great category name, actually. It would have been, yeah, it would have been yeah, perfect. Sonic, it would have been great, but I went further than that. I took it farther than I needed to, <laughs> arguably, uh, with framed baseball jersey in my sewing room because <laughs> it's colonialism. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Thank you. I, I think this is Kelly's, though. I agree. This Although there are worse. Eh, this is a pretty bad example. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. The next list. I, I had to separate. I got it. Yes, mm. I agree. Yeah. So Kelly for the good. Oh, thank God. We're moving on. Here we so are. Much better. Here we are to to really are the most iconic piece of music on this entire compilation. Definitely. Well, uh, yeah. In its entirety. Yes, I would say like the thing that I assumed was the opening track, but because what? of its fame, also I assumed was called Sail Away. It, it is in some instances, but it's uh, the song Orinoco Flow by, of course, Inya. Ah, uh, touching down on a classic. Uh, you've heard it. You've had things about it. If this doesn't move you, I think you're lying a little bit. Yeah. I yeah. think Enya's actually pretty good. I did a I did a bunch of reading about her because, like, definitely Enya's like a punchline now. Oh, yes. absolutely. Yeah. And I read a very compelling article, which is basically like, so yeah, I mean, of course, like, her music is dated sounding to us now, which is always funny. But basically, this article is like, this wouldn't happen to a man. Mm, that's, yeah. That's true. That it's because she's a woman and she is, from based on what I understand, like very in control of her own music. This mm-hmm. is her music. This is her vision. And um, she has pissed off a bunch of men in this industry, which is dominated by men, mm-hmm. by being like, no, I'm not going to kowtow. Like, I want, like, um, in this song, uh, the sense she uses is not considered is not highly regarded it's mm-hmm. kind of it's a little bit tinny sounding but she was like no i like it it has this otherworldly idea this yeah. is my vision this mm-hmm. is what we're doing and she had like a giant fight with her producer about it and they parted ways actually oh, uh, over this but she's like this i am the artist here this is what we this are doing you make this happen it's my thing so people say that that also in the music industry sort of she was she's a difficult woman quote mm-hmm. unquote wow. yeah. and they think that that's part of also why she's kind of gotten submarined but I hope she doesn't care, because, and I hope she's going to bed on a bed of money every oh, night. Oh, she certainly is. This was this was a fascinatingly popular song, um, exceptionally popular song when it came out. Uh, and, and to say, it was, it do you think like, Enya might be dead? No, I think Enya. I read an article that I could never decide if it was a uh, Onion article or not, where Enya <laughs> lives in a castle with thirty cats. <laughs> so I'm just gonna Google that right now. Fair, fair, fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If so, I hope that she enjoys because, it. Because you know what, she's living her best life still. Yeah. Yeah. There's this. Yeah, that, that's not a uh, <laughs> non-inclusive statement. Yeah. She can be just living on a bed of money in a castle full, full of thirty cats. cats. Full of cats. Um, well. She certainly, she certainly uh, was successful. This is, this is of course, a, a fantastically globally successful song. Um, lead single from her second studio album, Watermark, but came out in uh, October of 1988. Um, really? Yeah, I know. Isn't that kind of crazy? It's wow, the year of my birth. Yeah, I didn't oh, think it was almost, that. Almost to the month. Mm-hmm. If she'd waited, if she just waited one more month, it would have been perfect for that. Very I specific I could have sailed reason. out of my mother's womb. You could have sailed yeah. right away. You hopped on that Orinoco flow. And, <laughs> and just don't work. Um, so it was a huge success, number one in many, many different countries, including the United Kingdom. Um, it was top chart for a few weeks. It was big in the U.S., uh, but only peaked at, at uh, number 24 in the U.S. Um, 
the year after it came out and uh, kind of continued to be popular throughout the 90s. Uh, it was on a lot of compilations like Pure Moods. It was on a lot of soundtracks. Again, uh, as Mary mentioned, touched on, it kind of became like a bit of a – it was so omnipresent, it became a bit of a joke, um, which mm, not not great history. But uh, I believe actually, I read an article. I, I haven't seen. I, I haven't feel like seen... we can take the piss out of anybody. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. And she certainly is powerful and big enough that I think like she's like a worthy target. I yeah. think that what we listened to initially was almost as successful and far more embarrassing. Yes. <laughs> so. Oh yeah. No. This is this is a. <laughs> I think, I think if you're going to listen to world music, Enya is a pretty good choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, Enya does own a castle, and she has twelve cats. Uh, not thirty, but 12? twelve. All right. That's pretty good. Still pretty good. Still That's pretty a lot good. of cats. Um, so also it's truly Celtic. Yes. yes. This yeah, is yeah. the music of whole people. Of whole people. <laughs> yes. It is a castle in, uh, Ireland. I think it was. Nice. Good, was good it? on you. Anya. None of those American castles. <laughs> <laughs> not, not the Loveland castle. None of those castles made out of cardboard milk yeah. uh, containers uh, and concrete and little boys. Um, little boys. so what, Bones. what is an Orinoco flow guys? Well, Orinoco it's a river, right? Nope, it's a it's studio. A s- it's a recording studio. That's really funny. It's funny because, yeah, I think that, that to me was like really... Com- I thought it was an instrument. Maybe, but maybe it, it is, is too. But it is named, it was after, named the, after it was. Um, maybe the, it maybe it takes the form of whatever you want it to be. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's the true secret. That's the actual flow part of the Orinoco. But the Orinoco, sort of a happy bird box. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Still haven't seen it. Me Still no, 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 no. Um, so the part of the name comes from the Orinoco, Orinoco Studios, which is now called Maloco Studios. Apparently, <laughs> it was recorded. Um, which to me. I find is the best fact about this song because it's somehow because again it sounds it sounds like a sacred song and you hear it that's what's appealing about it that's why it's mockable about it it's, it sounds so like earnest and no nope, that's just the it's that's just, just the um, substandard synth she's using which does sound good yeah yeah exactly <laughs> well, the, uh, the <laughs> ro- it's an altered Roland D fifty by the way in the with the uh, uh, <laughs> not pizza go go but pizza go go. <laughs> Spelled pizza go go, pizzicato. They should have called it a pizza go go. We'll go with pizza go go. Really, I think what's important, Inu's greatest accomplishment is making the pizza go go patch really the most famous synthesizer patch in the world, right? In the new age world. So, pizza go go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, but I love the idea that, like, basically, this is this is this is bunk. This is like just her naming islands. And she's talking about, um, yeah, she's talking about like sailing away sailing, to islands, sailing, sailing to islands. But it's not, it, you know, I think I'd always assumed it was like some sort of like spiritual journey or, you know, it's just like go on a vacation. It's way better. Than yeah. that. You, get, <laughs> go, go get you some pizza, get on a boat and sail away to Fiji. Mm-hmm. Swing by Orinoco Studios where I'm recording this song. That's it. Mm-hmm. And I, I honestly, that genuinely makes me love this song. It's sort <laughs> like, of it's sort of like a modern sea shanty in that way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it, it is, in fact, which I think was a, uh, what was that? It was a Moon Boy they made a joke out about. Of that. Oh, yeah, yeah, Which yeah. was a fantastic bit where, like, yeah, they were sailing on a river, didn't know any sea shanties. This is the sea shanty they chose to sing. <laughs> Beautiful. I, about that. I know, yeah. But, um, oh, it's just so great. But oh, I think I, I, think so I would have come into this when I, when I first heard the song. I, 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 you know, at the top, I said I didn't like any of the songs in this I actually this I, I take that back I did come to love this song by realizing that it's a little bit ridiculous it's in a self-aware way I mean who has not when I think about this song it takes me to deeply middle class memories oh, but absolutely. happy memories of browsing at Barnes and Noble mm-hmm. yeah Right, yeah, like yeah. having having a cappuccino <laughs> yeah. somewhere, like your first ever cappuccino. My yeah. first oh, ever yeah. cappuccino, like it's that kind of thing. And but it, but it, 
Oh, look at us. Maybe maybe a, a, a goblet of red wine packed full of ice. Yeah. Interesting you should say that. Let's uh, let's uh, let's move into some categories, if you guys don't mind. I'll, uh, since I was set up so nicely, give you mine. So I lo- what I love about this, one, of the, one recurring theme that I found fascinating with this entire uh, list is the, the semi, the things that sound like they are sacred, but are in fact just not, a bit, bit mon- not profane, but mundane, let's say. Uh, the sacred and mundane dichotomy. <laughs> and... Um, you know, uh, in the, even though, as was mentioned earlier, I was not raised Catholic, I, uh, my category is largely influenced by Catholicism. And thinking about the idea of, of the, the sacrament, when you go to church, you are on a Sunday, you are given red wine, and and uh, you, it, it is a part of the sacred... Jesus' blood. Jesus' blood, yeah, it's a sacred thing. So, playing off that, my category, to illustrate the... <laughs> from the from the eyes of a mom from the early 90s in suburbs, what would be a uh, sacred mundane thing? Not red wine in church on a Sunday... But iced white zin on a on the porch on a Sunday afternoon, <laughs> nice. skipping church, drinking your getting a little zinny, throwing some ice cubes in it, just in back re- re- maybe re- messing around with some yeah. watercolors. Re- yeah. Watercolors. Uh, you have a, you have the latest issue of L magazine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like a swing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Porch swing. Like porch swing. Yeah. Rope swing. Depending on how rustic you're feeling. Not really reading. Not really not drinking wine on a rope swing, though. I guess. <laughs> though maybe. <laughs> You might need to put that wine on an IV if you're doing that. <laughs> or just one of the, no, that's when you get that's when the actual like sort of beer hat with bottles of white zin and, and ice cube and ice cube tray. <laughs> you're gonna go, you're gonna you're gonna when you fly off that rope swing, it's gonna cut someone's foot. <laughs> like glass in your lake. These are uh. these are the challenges of, of being a mom, right? Like you gotta you gotta gotta give credit where credit's due. Kelly, your category. I called this category I, so. This is one of the songs that I liked. Like it's mm. it's might be part memory, but like listening through it again, it is fine. I think it's I think it's better than it's better than basically anything on this. Oh, and yeah. like listen. It has artistic merit and it's enjoyable. Yes. Yeah. Uh so I called it a hook with a heart of gold. Aww. Yeah. So I also like this. Um and but I do recognize it's definitely mom music. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it feels like cleansing and good and like healing, even though it is about Monday. It's nothing, it's nothing actually spiritual, but it sounds good. And mm-hmm. it, I think it does fill a void that is nice and spiritual for people who desire something like this. So um, I called this, uh, but but in a deeply like middle class way, I called this Mama Sound Baths Got Jets. Because it's like going to a sound healer to give you a sound bath, only the sound bath is definitely made by Whirlpool. <laughs> I like the, the thematic unity here. I'm kind of, I'm, I kind of feel like stomping for mine that time around. I don't know. Objections? Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's the easiest stump I've ever had. Yeah. Um, all right, so we'll move on to a decidedly different sounding song, uh, Sweet Lullaby by by the band Deep Forest. Man, you know, people gave Inya shit about her synthesizers. Wow, this is the this sounds like a Casio keyboard. This is it does, it's, yeah. and like that's a generous description. 
Uh, since somebody is like, it sounds like the one you give to like a four-year-old. Yeah, with the demo button. That's boop, all they play. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah. And then it might play, you know, the ABCs afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Deep forest. Good lord. Cheap forest. More <laughs> like calling it now. They should use the pizza go go. Um, <laughs> so, what is Sweet Lullaby? Well, Sweet Lullaby is a song that is, and I'm quote unquote, based around sampling that sampled a. Uh, and again, I apologize for my. This is a incredibly generous use of the word sample. Oh yeah, this yeah. is just yeah, literally they they took a recording of a, I believe it's from Baigu, a lullaby uh, from a, a language used in the Solomon Islands. Uh, the lullaby itself is called Roroguela, I believe. I again, I apologize for any mispronunciations. Um, and it used a vocal sample of a woman called Afunakwa, and it was originally recorded by ethnomusical ethnomusicologist Hugo Zemp, which again sounds like a fake name, um, in 1970 and was released uh, by UNESCO as part of their musical sources collection. So literally, the Bandit Forest took, you know, I think there's some merit in saying, if you go back to the, the, to, the uh, to Return to Innocence, that they, Enigma at least, took a sample, took a drum beat, made some lyrics, put some work in. It sounds like Deep Forest took a recording, not so much a sample, played that recording, played some shitty keyboards on top of it, and we're like, number one hit. Yeah. The world will, Europe will love it. And they did. They really did. They made a lot really of money. What I, what I really hate is that it kind of cheapens, like, I think it is very worthwhile to go to cultures. Oh, absolutely. And record their sounds. And well, I, oral histories. Oral yeah. History fabulous. is important. Music is important. Culture separates, you know. It's great. Um, so I, it always bums me out when this stuff happens. Yeah, literally. Again, yeah. like, and I have no idea, like, when it was collected, if that yeah. was yeah. ethical or good. Probably it wasn't. It was. It was recorded in 1970, so almost certainly not. Yeah. I mean, um, but who knows? I mean, like, yeah. To Kelly's point, like, this is you know, this is important. Like, recording these things is is yeah. not just. I mean, they are to be enjoyed, but they are to be enjoyed as a window window into a culture, often cultures that are dying. Mm-hmm. Like legitimately, like this is this is how things get preserved, and to 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 lay some shitty keyboard licks on top of it and sell it as a as a and song. This, what I think is also important to mention is it's not even just like foreign places. Oh like, no, Appalachia. This happened oh, a lot absolutely. of like, and also hearing also languages. Yeah, yeah, languages. I happen to know that this language is, has changed quite a bit, mm-hmm. and so when. Um, when they were looking for translations, like they basically, you had to go to the old people because they were like, "Yeah, we don't, yeah. we don't, no know, I don't know what, what that means is, yeah. anymore." Mm-hmm. So it's important to have these like recordings are important so that you can you can preserve some of that. You have that with lots of dialects in America. Mm-hmm. You have that with a lot of native languages that are not taught anymore. So instruments, but at the same, but it goes counterpoint. European keyboard players need to buy cocaine. And this is a great way to make a lot of money. So this, <laughs> really just this get into song it. has been used a lot, but I was like, why is this song so familiar to me? Do you remember that guy, Matt Harding, who jigged all over the world? <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. If you see this, it's, it was a video in the like mid-aughties of this guy like going all over the world to fabulous locations, and he's doing the same dance oh, that's like yes, a little jig. Yes. It's a white dude. Mm. And this is the song that backs his first two videos in oh, two, huh. 2005 that's and 2006. However, okay, yes, right? So he found out the history of this song mm-hmm. after traveling I mean like and this guy he's kind of an interesting guy I don't really know much about him beyond the fact that he used to be a computer programmer a video game programmer mm. specifically and he felt like he was like I'm really tired about making 
games where people just are killing each other all the time. And he quit and he just was like, I'm going to travel and make this my life. So that's how he was able to do these videos and continues to do these videos to this day. But his videos were always called Where the Hell is Matt? Mm-hmm. So uh, in 2012, he did a video that was called "Where the Hell Is Afanakwa," and went to oh. went to the island that she lived on. She's unfortunately had died um, to try to make some reparations. He's not clear on what those reparations would be, mm-hmm. but he's like, she definitely had a big part in my success. It's imp- he implies he gave her he was wanting to give her or her family money, but I don't know if that like, happened. What yeah. happened there? Um, but it's uh, it's definitely it's definitely nice. I prefer yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. It's I like, prefer that. It's it's sort of a it's it's sort of a post-colonial reparations, not by the ones who did the colonizing, aka Deep Forest, but by some some, some other internet comedian who co-opted their song Ugh. in the early oddies. Um, yeah. But yeah, you can watch it for absolutely free. It's on his YouTube yeah. channel. The politics of world music are fascinating. Like yeah. legitimately, I never. That's something I took from this. I didn't expect it to be so. Um, so engaging, but like, yeah, like what on earth? Like, I, I guess I can see, it's funny to me because the idea of so much of the ideas of new age spirituality come from this notion that Western culture is sort of bereft, uh, bereft of, of, of spiritual depth and meaning and that nothing has, nothing, nothing means anything. We don't appreciate spiritual stuff. And so we just use it. But yet here we are, <laughs> somebody literally does not respect the source material, uses it for profit and it still falls under the new age banner, which to me is like such a level of like fascinating hypocrisy that I can't even yeah. can't even put words to it. Um, and also, the song is terrible. It's awful. Yeah, not her singing. Her singing is great. Yeah, the keyboard parts with the cheap synthesizer is just awful. It seems deeply lazy. Yeah, yeah. this is the laziest song I've ever heard. Not ever. her again. Not her part. Not her part. Her part's great. Deep Forest produced the laziest song I've ever heard. Great job, guys. Um, funny enough, the, vid- the music video itself, which won a 1994 MTV Video Music Award, which that was a thing. Is that still a thing? The MS, I think yeah. so, yeah. yeah. Wow, man. Remember what, how important that was? Yep, I do. Remember the diversity of like music channel fashion, music channel awards, like the VH1 Fashion Awards, which were so important, they featured probably in the film Zoolander. <laughs> remember uh, remember how MTV used to give uh, people surfboards for the Teen Choice Awards? <laughs> what are you supposed to do with that? Oh, my friend, <laughs> that is, that's Fox. That was an MTV. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I, lo- I love now looking back at the idea of Fox being like, we're down. We love the yeah. kids <laughs> and the Republican Surfboards. Party. Surfboards. Surfboards and Nazism. And what are things we're into. Surf Nazis must die. Surf- surf <laughs> <Nazis>. <laughs> well, sur- Fox's perspective, surf-, surf Nazis must live. Oh, I guess is the Fox angle. Mm. I bet there's a lot of... Mm. Anyway, carry on. Yeah. Nickelodeon Kids Toys is still a thing, too. Yeah, good, good, good. People surf- still get slimed. It's- that's great. Yeah. So the music video itself is just, uh, funnily enough, based on, uh, uh, what was his name again? Uh, Matt, Matt, Matt Harding. Matt Harding. Uh, is just literally uh, the song playing while a little girl rides a tricycle around various locations around the world. Uh, yeah. yeah. Maybe so. that's why he chose the song? Uh, Would make sense. I don't know. I mean, what's funny is actually, I don't think, it's funny to look back because like, like all those early or like those mid Internet, Bobby. yeah, mm-hmm. like pre YouTube or early days, pre viral, yeah, yeah, E-Bos videos, videos huh? are so crummy compared yeah. to what you th- remember yeah. them being. Um, I will say, I mean, like, anytime, anytime I am presented with um, images in quick succession of 
the glories of the world that we live in. I do get a little choked up. Mm-hmm. So I get, a little, I get a little choked up when I watch these videos. Um, they've kind of gotten better. He did one in 2012. He stopped using the song, but in 2012, he did ones where um, he got people to dance with him. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he would go and ask people to teach them dances that are important to them culturally. Huh. And it's kind of it's kind of sweet. Yeah, it's kind of sweet to watch him like dance with like a bunch of like do traditional Thai dances with a bunch of Thai ladies and things like that. Hmm. It's, it's nice. Yeah. It's nice. Um, yes. What you guys got for categories? Um, when Stefani's Harajuku girls face. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. And I also have a, a, a framed baseball jersey in my sewing room. Yep. So I have belief aperitif as well. So we're all going to say. I didn't. Has this ever happened? I, I don't think so. But Holy I want to stump shit. for mine because did anyone find out what these lyrics mean? No. Okay. What do you they, think? What do you what, what well, do you think people a, white people think it means? Oh, well, I know they are a lullaby. I don't know what people think it means. To me, I would think that people would expect this to be like all's right with the world, oh. nature holds you in its arms. That is not what the song is about. Mm. It's a bad lullaby. Well, no, it's sad. It's yeah. about a older brother comforting his younger brother because their dad died and their future is un- insecure and they don't know what's going to happen to them. Cool. Cool, oh, cool, cool, cool. Damn. So I feel like this is a belief aperitif because like, it absolutely, if you listen to it just as a Western person, I would guess, you would think that it would be something that like connects you to the world. And instead, it's something, it's it has like very bittersweet, sad things that are surely very culturally relevant. You oh, know? yeah, yeah. Um, to people who sang the song yep in the world you have to wonder if deep forest knew that <laughs> they probably didn't because yeah. when matt harding visited i mean maybe maybe it was part of it but he like they translated on the spot and they were like i don't know what this world means we gotta go we gotta go find someone go older find some than me person yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it doesn't mean that Man, anymore to wild. us or that word does not yeah. does not exist in our language anymore mm. i'm gonna I'm, I'm i'm willing to take up your side on that Mary. i will take Thank Mary. You. Yeah, belief well. aperitif heading to the fourth track on this compilation CD, Oxygen Part 4. He's going to part four, number four. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Our hair is a mess. Oh, the wind <laughs> in this studio. My hair's fine. I put on a little bonnet, like we're in a Corvette. <laughs> yeah, you you pretended like you were Grace Kelly and tied a perfect a perfect uh, silk yeah. scarf around your hair. Yeah. But now for a drive with Carrie Grant. Caught it in the well, it was blowing when away. It flew put away. it back mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now there's so much oxygen in the room that if we light a match, it's going to explode. I am Yikes. okay. Somebody I, bring in some plants. I struggled Wait, with this one, so I listened to it a lot, yeah. and I must say, I think either it is better than the rest of them or I have Stockholm Syndrome because I'm kind of fond of this number now. I, 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 <laughs> even, though I like it's, even though it's dumb, like I know yeah. it's dumb, but it doesn't seem to be hurting anybody and it's like a little compelling. I like I, I like, I like this kind of music. See, yeah. here's the thing. I, I also like this kind of music and I'm, this is where my real record store working prick ideas come out here. I do, I'm not a big fan of Jean-Michel Jure. 
Just in general. I don't know anything hey, about Jean Michel Murray. I, 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 I don't, I fight don't you about this. Sure. I don't have any strong opinions, but I don't. I, don't, I mean, like, I love some of his music. Um, to me, and I think um, this is also this is also so, just some background of this song. So this this was the this came off of the the album Oxygen uh, by Jean Michel Jarre, uh, French musician synthesist. Which is the term for global no synthesizer? Idea, Pretty cool, French. right? Yeah, it's French. No way! No, uh, no. Jean Michel Jarre. You mean you mean Jean Michael Jarre? <laughs> Jean Michael Jarre. Um, so yeah, this came out in December 1976. Released in France in 1976 uh, in December, uh, became hit number one in the French charts, massively popular, number two on the UK charts, and 78 on the US charts. I mean, that, that, that seems that like seems a lot, right. to yeah, be honest yeah. with you. But yeah, yeah. you know, from summer hits, nothing surprises me anymore. Oh God, no, God, no. For what what seizes on one's imagination, yeah. so it's yeah. fine. So Jure recorded this uh, in his own home, which is the makeshift studio home, which is pretty cool actually. And a lot of this is like you know, a musical again, early synthesizers that were oftentimes made. By hand, sort of, uh, which is amazing and fascinating. Great I think, punk rock. Well, funnily enough, actually, uh, there's a great there's a great sort of commentary made about the fact that, like, in the '70s, this music, this record, was not well received in the late when it came out in the late '70s in England. Uh, despite being popular, it was not critically well received because there was more interest in punk rock mm. and the burgeoning punk rock scene at that time. Not to get too much in the weeds on this again, but like a lot of the reason that people were sort of uh, had didn't have the ear for the synthesizers because of the bloated progressive rock scene at the time that was had kind of taken over Europe. And um, there's a lot like bands like Yes, um, bands like Brainbox, um, Krautrock band. I guess like my my beef with this, um, and this is a beef that was brought up, I believe, let's see, who was it? Uh, Angus McKinnon of the uh, NME magazine derided this album uh, as just, and I'm quoting you, just another interminable cosmic cruise, the German Spacers, um, referencing a number of bands, uh, namely Tangerine Dream, Klaus Schulze. Uh, uh, Fruss at all? Uh, mass the dispar- spacers, as in that's like of actually, space. That's like a that's a broad term. Like, people that like were make like crowd rock musicians and sort of Copenhagen. Copenhagen oh, oh, they mean space as in like space, spacey kind of music. But you can right? see what. What yeah, I, oh, yeah, no, yeah. no, they mean space music. Yeah, like space music. Oh, yeah. I love it, yeah. Um, which is great. Uh, this reminds me of space music. That's why I like it. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And the thing is, like, this is, to me, this reminds me of, um, yeah, basically what he's saying is like a lot of other bands are doing this, this better years before better uh-huh. and I agree like this is this to me this is the same thing as like Radiohead where you have this band that comes out people are like oh it's so great but actually it's just like shitty rehashed crowd rock I yeah. okay but here's my here's my counter argument to that nobody should listen to this music to like expand their mind no Musically, you should put this on and then take a really nice, relaxing nap. That's true. This is this, Th- is this music has a purpose in the world. Not everything has to like blow no. the doors I off your brain. Disagree with you a little bit. I think this is a great like entrance into. If, sure. Mm, yeah. If there is still better stuff that might be a little bit more challenging sure. to listen point. to, that's a good point. Yeah. That this would be a good like step in the right direction. But I think we're talking about the same thing. Where yeah. we're like the purpose yes, of this is yeah, yeah, not yeah. to like kick the door down of your understanding of things. Yeah. It's to it's to like it's a nice light introduction. It's it's a it's a little bit of a handshake. And, this, like, yeah, this is, and who yeah. cares? I would agree. For I, us. I'm like I'm, I need to step off my soapbox because this is a little bit. Uh, I mean, a little bit harsh on also John, if John you're Michelle. if you're gonna stay on this soapbox. Yeah. Good luck for the rest of this album. Yeah. <laughs> like, you think you're going to let some of it oh, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and get on to our categories. Indeed, indeed. Um, so what do you guys have? I thought it was good. I, I like especially it. liked its yeah. hook. So okay. I called it a hook with a heart of gold. Aww. Aww. Nice, Andrew, nice, what's nice. your category? I went with, um, speaking to my my early 90s mom theme here, I thought, like, what's a, what's a way that... 
mine and other mothers like chose to make time for themselves. I'm fascinated by what you landed on with this one. Uh, Arts and craft was a good one. Like having a little craft corner to do things and make things was a great way to feel better and have some time for yourself. So I went with uh, my category is some time for arts and craft work. Cute. I like it. I think this is a weird section of this CD because I don't Mm -hmm. think it is for moms. I, yeah, I this is, that too. This it's, is young. This is, this is much yeah. younger. To me, this sounds like the most chill dungeon crawler where you're not fighting monsters. You're just <laughs> collecting phosphorescent mushrooms. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. I can like see little pixelated feet yeah. moving to this, um, or like maybe like a real calm game of laser tag. <laughs> like, just a just a stroll laser tag. Yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah, if you're yeah. like doing like a walk spoiled with laser. Tag. Well, it's like yeah, it's like the the the, the moderate laser hike. Laser. <laughs> 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 Laser um, parambles. If, like, if you will, if you're taking a ride on a laser river, a laser river. <laughs> no. So my category, and then you know, like I, this to me sounds like a little bit more like techno-y and electronic-y than what we've come before. But also, you have kind of a sense of like deeper world. That's why it sounds like space music mm-hmm. and like connecting deep inside yourself. So I called this an. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think Barry gets it. Um, I'm almost because I feel like I. Andrew's like, I worked harder. (laughs) No, 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 I I certainly didn't. Um, yeah, okay, I can give this one to Mary. Thank you. I think it's a strong contender for both. Another I would put Kelly in yeah. second on that one, though. Oh, thanks. Because I think, like, even though I have issues with the music, I, I mean, again, I, I think don't... you're feeling bad about coming down so hard I on, am... on Gene Michael. I, I'm a little bad. <laughs> a I will also bit. present that, I, like, the first 30 seconds of this is great. Oh, yeah. yeah it gets Beyond that, <laughs> fine. See, see that's, that's enough. That's when, yeah. you, that's when you would be getting more into collecting your phosphorescent mushrooms, so you would just kind of fade into the background. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, All right. So, um... Mary takes that one. Moving on to this. Moving on to the next one. Oh, really, man. A classic I, for the ages. It, I'm going to call it the, the not the best song of the album, but the peak of the album. This is where <laughs> things like peak and everything else goes downhill from there. The X-Files theme. DJ Dotto Paranormal Activity Remix. I did not realize it was possible to make the X-Files theme sound cheaper than it does in the movie, in the TV show. <laughs> DJ Dado. DJ Daddio. DJ Daddio. DJ Dado. But I'm going to go with Daddio. That sounds much... That's what it clearly was going for. Do I'm assuming really? quite bold. Here, I'm going to ask you um, about the... You're trying to figure out how to pronounce it? Daddio? Yeah. Do you really want to know? <laughs> Do you really want to know? As someone Sorry. who watched all of uh, the X-Files, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think most people were would say no. no. Yeah. I would have preferred to end somewhere around season five. <laughs> Be saved from Doggett. Like, I want to know a little bit, but, but I mean... I, I wanted to know uh, before you made it very, very complicated and convoluted. Yeah. Uh, I do love the idea, because I was presumably that's a, that's a spinoff, the, the truth is out there from the original, mm-hmm. the, the text. Yeah, 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 the, yeah. It's an alien asking you if you really want to know. And I love the idea, because it positions DJ Daddio as if he actually does know. He does know. Is he the alien? Does he know the secrets? Is he a part of the corn conspiracy slash bee conspiracy slash liquid alien conspiracy? Class strate- slash stratego Strate- <laughs> conspiracy. <laughs> Does DJ Daddio tape X's to his windows? Is DJ Daddio the cigarette smoking man? 
I mean, he's an Italian DJ, so he definitely smokes cigarettes. <laughs> Zing! Like, um, DJ Daddio. Uh, so, you know, when you're at a club and you're like dancing, <laughs> yeah. and then the song ends, and there's like that, like, 10 second interval where you're like what's gonna be next i mean if you have a bad dj yeah Yeah. well but but you know like you you know you don't always get what it is right right away before before the yeah could you just imagine you're just like dancing (laughs) you're in Prague dancing you're just dancing boogieing down and then all of a sudden (laughs) well more importantly like a solid goddamn minute of like that gentle with no like barely any beat comes on you're like Okay, bit of a drop in energy. I'm gonna this is this is this is a bathroom break song. Okay, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna drink. Oh, oh wait, oh god, oh god, we're back, we're back, we're back. Okay, I I really do want to know. I feel like it's like in Freaks and Geeks when he finally gets to dance oh with my the girl god, he yeah. wants to dance to with, um, yeah. and it's uh. Uh, Sticks come sail away. Come sail away. Yeah. <laughs> Not in ya, thank goodness. Oof, well, he uh, would have gotten slow dance to that at yeah. least. Well, medium dance. It's more medium of a medium dance. tempo. Can you imagine dancing to that at a high school dance? Just sail away. I mean, it's already awkward enough. Lots you don't need to swing. like sway away, sway away, sway away. Um, but it's I am... a foot apart at least, a foot maybe two. <laughs> um, leave room for Jesus. Yeah. We're making your budding sexuality seem like it's the end of the world, world, world. <laughs> Even though it's only natural and we commit way worse human atrocities, atrocities, atrocities. <laughs> I think this sounds like a song that would be in the public domain that they would drop <laughs> into like background music in like a procedural, potentially a Dick Wolf piece. <laughs> like when you're seeing the like preamble just before the person gets murdered on a yeah. club scene. It sounds that cheap. Yeah. It doesn't sound like it should be and, real. Yes, that's that's what it is. It sounds fake. It sounds fake. Yeah. Or, or also a, a public domain song that, let's say, some uh, European musicians were like, let's take this, layer some Casio keyboard on top, and just make a hit. They're like, yeah. what is cooler Which, than aliens? Aliens are the coolest <laughs> thing possible. Let's, yeah. let's just, let's make it about a cigarette-smoking alien. <laughs> so here's a thought. Technically... Though to a much lesser and less toxic extent, this is also musical colonialism. They took the theme song from an American from an American TV show and made a European <laughs> Euro trash club banger out of it. Mary, the look you're giving me is just withering. 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 <laughs> um, number one. Don't feel sorry for Chris Carter. Never. Number two, never feel sorry for Chris Carter. It doesn't matter. Those He's people got- truly are going to bed. On a pile oh, of money. Yeah. And if it's David Duchovny, he's doing atrocities on that bit of money. <laughs> <laughs> Some of that money is inside of him. <laughs> Some of that money is inside of something. Where? <laughs> Depends on his name. I don't purport to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I love, I love, so, okay, so we, we, we've been riffing a bit here, but let's get into, let's get into some facts. <laughs> the X-Files is a TV a show. show. <laughs> it's a show. It has a theme have song that was heard of it? pretty iconic. <laughs> uh, you might have heard it. If you were in France in 1996, you definitely heard it because it was the top goddamn song. <laughs> the unadulterated, unadulterated, the unaltered I theme. only believe this because I think it really stuck with people. Do yeah. you guys, I have like a very distinct memory of hearing this in an unusual place. Yeah. I remember being at a Chinese buffet. Okay. <laughs> And like hearing the song and being like, that's so familiar to me. But it was not performed on a, like a cello solo, like Yo Yo Ma plays the X Files theme song. I and it took me it. forever to figure out what yeah. it was. And I was like, oh, as I was eating spare ribs and avoiding the crab legs because we did not pay extra for those. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, of course. And if they saw you eating them, 
Oh, no, they would definitely add it to our bill. Yeah. As they should. Oh, you, can't yeah, just, you can't just yeah. do a casual crab-like grift. Yeah, it's 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 rare enough to get non-imitation crab at any restaurant, really. Does it bother anybody else that crabs look like giant bugs? Just saying. Um, it bothers me more that you can crack off all their legs and they just grow back. I mean, great for farming. Yeah, legs. Um, the crab legs. Is there, is there, uh, <laughs> is there ethically sourced crab legs where they just whop off crab scraps legs and let them grow back. (laughs) That seems very troublesome. Well, you like they lock them off and then throw them back. Oh, they do. Yeah. So that, no. No, that's literally, wow. Wow. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. I mean, I know at least the claws do. I mean, it's super sustainable as, as, (laughs) as meat harvesting goes. Super sustainable. Torture, <laughs> certainly. I guess what I'm asking you, no. All the sustainability of organic food with with <laughs> but, none of the non-torture. With, with extra cruelty. <laughs> with more cruelty you than know, this deems possible. We don't know if crustaceans feel pain, so maybe it's fine. Okay. I mean, <laughs> you're just a crab. You're I'm scuttling now, I'm now a straight white man in every college course. <laughs> 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 we don't know if they to play devil's advocate here. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know if when you throw a lobster in a pot to boil it to death if it screams or that of pain or just general just noise. Gas, general basically. shock. Yeah. 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 Ugh, what's oh this? God. Oh, man. What's this non-sensation? I feel like. That's I'm, why we stab them in the back of the brain now and this, then put them away. Well, not, not everybody. No. Mm, Martha Stewart yeah. just throws in some vodka so that they can have a nice trip out. <laughs> I mean, that's like... That's actual... That's, that's a lo- real thing. She's a real thing. I, I feel so bad about loving shellfish. It's so delicious, but causes so much pain, maybe, to the shellfish. There actually is a lot of discussion about how shrimp probably can't feel pain. If that makes you feel any better. What about oysters? They don't have brains or yeah, nervous systems. So yeah, that's true. They it's good because we okay. eat them alive, technically. Sort of. Sort as of. much as alive. I, I, you know, I was actually, I, I get, this is something I love to bring out. Not that I, I have no strong opinions about veganism. Generally pro. It's not my, how I live my life, but I'm positive towards it, but... Someone once pointed out in an article that I read that uh, oysters could be argued as a vegan-friendly food because the oyster itself is basically just like like a meat plant. Yeah, like if, if meat was a vegetable, it has no nothing. It's just like a, it's just a collection of cells. I'm going to go on a limb and say that if you're a vegan, that's oysters might be like that's yeah. like a pretty intense meat stuff. It's the most visceral yeah thing you can eat. Like that in a rare steak. Like that in beef tartare. Maybe you need to to maybe have a couple hot dogs first. (laughs) See what that does. I would even go with some chicken nuggets. Keep it you know, keep it simple. Keep it easy. Chicken strip. Um, Come on. I really ask yourself the question when it comes to Do I really want to know? Do you really want to know? Oh, I love that refrain in the song. I felt that like oh god, just like the I, I love the, like the idea of just taking the Xbox theme song and, and spin around wasn't enough. You had to add some some lyrics. Those lyrics being, "Do you really want to know?" Hey, little girl, let me whisper. Hey, little girl, let me whisper in your ear. ear. Aliens are real, and they stole my sister. <laughs> <laughs> nightmare things. Mulder. Uh, uh, nightmare things to hear in a club. Yeah. So this is this is this was. Um, <laughs> you know, there are so many creepy men who are like coming up to him and be like, "Do you want to know?" Do you really want to know? No. They're like, they're like, they're like. I just came back. I just came back from the clinic. Do you really want to know? Really though, also, I think the song has the has the mm, benefit. Mm, eh, has yeah. the effect of saying, make it so you don't have to do the whispering. You just like point to the speaker, point to the lady, be like, do you really want to know? <laughs> Me about <laughs> anything about the size of my dick? Yeah, yeah. There we go. 
about this dick. <laughs> I have human papillovavirus. <laughs> you human pavlova virus? Pavlova virus? That sounds Yo! wonderful. <laughs> this is Europe after all. Oh man. This that's like a fantastic fantastic direction. Uh, I love that. That actually this. sounds like a really good category. <laughs> human pavlova virus. Keep uh, that in the the backlog. Um so speaking of categories, what do you guys Would have? that be like if we had like Paul Hollywood as an item? Human pavlova virus. <laughs> <laughs> he's he, he makes delicious things, but he's kinda gross. <laughs> but what else would fit that category? Other than Paul Hollywood, uh, Bobby I mean, Flay. just any male celebrity ship. Batali. Oh, I think Colicchio too, because he kind of looks like a wart. Um, <laughs> so, what do you guys have? A polyp for cate- actually is what he looks like. <laughs> what do you guys have for categories for the X Files theme? DJ Daddyo Paranormal I, Mix. I hate to do the same category back to back because I feel like it cheapens mm-hmm. the original meaning it's better to suppress them out a little bit but this was such this was such a clubby song that I went back to the well for um unst, 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 mm, yeah, unst. yeah yeah fair. yeah fair um, so this is obviously a theme song there are some theme songs that can just never be torn apart like yeah. there are some things that you hear and it automatically brings you to that television show it does not matter what you are doing where you are doing it like where you are listening to it unlike uh i don't want to wait <laughs> yes which can take you back to any number of things yeah there's not one show yeah. that you don't immediately go to the creek no you know yeah, you're, you're like in line somewhere i don't want to uh, wait i don't uh, that takes me back to definitely like being on a balance beam and falling off of it multiple times. <laughs> Play all the time at my gym. Mm. Uh, so I called this uh, the Dick Wolf cash register sound. Dick Wolf! Dun dun. Oh. Yeah. Dick Wolf! It's uh, the second I, Dick Wolf reference this episode. It's in nice. the same category. <laughs> nice. I would also like to fully say that I did not come up with that category. The if Richard Beltzer, who plays Detective Munch, calls it that. Uh. The dun dun. Of when, uh, <laughs> oh, and so, uh, I love that. It's a real deep forest move. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I gave him credit. Yeah, okay. And we're not making any money. We're not making any money. It's a real enigma move. <laughs> yeah, eventually, you gave him credit, but only because you had to. Because <laughs> Richard Belzer said, I'm at, I'm at Harding. <laughs> You're like, I'll meet with you. I'll meet with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, my category, honestly, I feel bad. I wish they'd reverse this song with the next one because it's the same category. I, I also hate doing that, but it I made did. sense. But this time around, um, I'm going to say it's going to work better next time. Um, so I love this because <laughs> that would a- also be a good category for a lot of these. Yeah, <laughs> next second next draft. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Try again. Yeah, this is this is a rough mix. Um, so I think one of the fun things about being a mom in the early '90s was like the, the presence and sort of fascination with like scary things. Again, maybe I'm just biased. My mom loved the X Files and loved scary things, but I think like that uh, that I, I found that was a common element. But also, I think you know, motherhood is so full of so many frankly terrifying and gross things that like no doubt. No doubt, um, uh, the thought of alien invasion is, is of little consequence to someone who's dealt with children. So I went with, um, as my category, having seen too much vomit to be afraid of pea soup. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think it's, it's got Kelly. It. Yeah, Kelly, Kelly gets that one. Yeah. Right. So here we are. Uh, now that we've taken care of the theme for the X Files. Which again, I, I postulate is the true peak of this album. We're we're, we're on the way down to uh, the next track. Tubular Bells, Part 1. Mm-hmm. 
so guys, let me ask you a question. Did that, did that song sound at all familiar to you? <laughs> was it was it was it relaxing for some reason? I or would like it... to paint a picture for you, no, Andrew. Please, please, please do. Andrew, you are you walked into uh, the salon where you now get your hair cut. Yes. Mary and I get our eyebrows done, and they pull you back to a, a, a back room, and uh, the lights are down low, and uh, you know just nice low lighting. And they're talking to you in kind of soft voices, and Pure Moods is playing in the background. Oh, yeah, Would never happen at this place. Would but, never happen at the place we yeah, go to. Yeah. But uh, Kim's way too cool for that. Way sure. too cool. And then all of a sudden, you're like, like they're just gently brushing out your eyebrows before you get them waxed. And all of a sudden, the fucking exorcist thing comes up. <laughs> and I you're would like, not be okay with that. <laughs> and your eyes pop open. You're like, what's going on? <laughs> I, I love I, I love so much that this is on here because I would argue that the X-Files theme song Techno Remix is not a relaxed. Like, none of these songs have been really relaxing. Especially uh, These forest. last two have not really. No, no. but like it has like spirit. It yeah, feels spiritually. Yeah. Yes. I, I mean, I would even argue that Oxygen is least relaxing. I like yeah, to nap to space music, though. Like, yeah. So, um, but this is this is this is this not... is the theme to the Exorcist. Well, and it did come out before the Exorcist. <laughs> it did indeed. But this is after. This is twenty years later. Yeah. This is like this it's is impossible. Well past, but like, I yeah. still argue it's impossible to know what this song meant to people. When it first came out, because it was almost immediately, like in the same yes. year, like months yeah. apart, immediately linked to The Exorcist. But like, it's not relaxing anyway, right? No, I mean, like, no, like it's, it's not, not like it's be. not like they picked something that is totally cr- like like that, that would they didn't pick something sweet and nice sounding no. for the theme for The Exorcist. Yeah, it's amazing, and I just like I just. I'd, I'm not coming in to edit pure moods. It's we're well past the point. Uh, here, here's here's my note. Maybe a different Mike Oldfield song. <laughs> there are others that aren't the theme to The Exorcist, and, and I don't even know what to say beyond that because it's funny oh, to consider. We should just, also like, say heads up if you are following oh. <laughs> along on our Spotify playlist. Uh, oh, the yeah. only version Spotify has is the 26 minute version. Just stop after minute four. That's what yeah, was just, on Pure Mutes. Yeah, just just get, get, get or get, stay for the weird the weird haunted piano solo. Yeah, also not very relaxing. Did you listen to this full song? I got about two-thirds of the way through. I listened to the whole song while I was at work. Okay. Mm, yeah, so yeah. it's very much in the background, but it is it takes you on a journey. Oh yeah. It, it's it's well composed. I mean it's 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 you know, I think we we if we're presenting this in a very one note way, which is probably a bit unfair to Mike Oldfield, because this is clearly a song that like took a lot of work. And he played all the yeah. instruments on it. Yeah. He, he was it's amazing. And I think um, including the tubular bells. <laughs> indeed. Which he broke some of them, I believe, in the <laughs> process of playing, which is uh what the album cover is somehow meant to represent, I believe. Oh, the, the twisted up the tubular, twisted tubular belt. belt. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So, so just to take a step back, so tubular bells, as we have touched on extensively here, is the theme song to The Exorcist. Was not intent. No, it's not originally written as such. It was. It was used. It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. And then it was taken up. Um, it was optioned. For it was the optioned. Exorcist. Yeah, for use as the theme of The Exorcist. And now it's on Pure Moods. It's so weird. Yeah. I wonder if they were just like. What's, what else is creepy? We just came off the X-Files, which we need. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's I 90, think we can all agree not, that this has to be on your It's 1990s, but yeah, we gotta have it. What, what, what's a creepy thing we can segue this with? What's great is... Tubular uh, bells, dirt. What's great is, I think this is clearly those situations where um, somebody in charge just felt really strong about it, and that's how it got on there. Because yeah. it's also in the ad, reference the timeless the timeless sounds of tubular bells, and you're like, no, they they specifically mentioned it's relaxing. <laughs> they sp- relaxed tubular bells. Yes. Yeah. So, question was the I, I, producer compiler whatever of this song, uh, Pazuzu the Demon. 
<laughs> He's like, it's my favorite song. Oh, sorry. Pizza Go-Go the Demon. <laughs> Pizza Go-Go the Demon. <laughs> or that, oh, man. Um, or that woman who is the face of Pazuzu, who's oh, actually yeah. a crazy person. Yeah. Um, mm. I heard it interviewed. Sure. Dark. Definitely things that I know about. Dark mm-hmm. shit. Pazuzu. What a great name. Side Side note. Great name for a demon. Great name for a puppy. Pazuzu. I am sure. I can't wait till you guys get a dog. I am sure there are people who have animals named Pazuzu, yeah. both intentionally and non-intentionally. This is my parrot, Asimodius. <laughs> oh, this is yeah. my goldfish, the devil. <laughs> Beelzebub, please. Look at him. Yeah. It's like, it's like. <laughs> You're like, can you see it? <laughs> yeah, why did they put that on here? What did they it was, put, it was, was one it? of the goldfish with the big eye, side eyes, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's drop some Carl Orff on this to make yeah. it really like, <laughs> I'm just going to come in with it. This is my one-off because mm. it deserved it. I thought it did not belong on the CD, so it needed a one-off category. There's no way I could connect it to anything else Fair. here. Um, and even though we don't know... What it could have possibly meant, I'm pretty. When it came out, I am pretty sure that it's supposed to sound haunting and complex yet minimal. Mm-hmm. So I think that this is um, a Philip Glass's monster mash. Oh. <laughs> Lovely. Oh, this is something beautiful. for like composers to play at Halloween parties. <laughs> uh. Uh, I of course called this the Dick Wolf Cash Register sound. Very yeah, nice, you can't. Nice. You can't. There is no separating it. it. Nope. Uh, I went with, as you might expect, uh, having seen too much vomit to be frightened by pea soup. Yes, fair. So, fair. Despite the the uh, deep thematic alignment with my category of that, I think Mary, Mary probably gets, gets this it. one. Yeah. Thank so you. Kelly, very close second. I did oh, listen to a b- bunch of uh, Philip Glass to decide if I was right about that. Oh, uh, I appreciate your thoroughness. I did. Yes. All right, guys. So um, we took care of the theme from The Exorcist. Let's pop on to the next little bit here. Uh, a song called Sadness? Yeah. Shadiness? The time that I... No, it's Sadness. Sadiness. It's Sadness. Part one. Sadness. Sadness. Not Satanists, but Sadness. Or how I've been reading it, Sadness. Sadness. That's actually how it was spelled in the original Egypt and English uh, Charlie's too. Sadness, Sadness, what have you. Part one. By once again, Enigma. Well, guys, I think we can all agree. I think universally that that is what middle age sex sounded like in the mid nineties. <laughs> Pretty much yeah. soundtrack to parents becoming parents yet again. Wow. Um, so, Mary, as a Catholic, um, <laughs> what are your thoughts on the, the the synthesis of Gregorian chant and kind of uh, and, and let's just say. Um, Kinky-ish Fifty sex. Shades of Sexy Monroe Brown. Oh, yeah. um, I like that this is also the Garden State. Uh, this proves that Pyramids is a Garden State because it has two songs by Enigma on it oh. in a compilation <laughs> situation. Um, I, would, I would like to point out right now, 
I'm totally cool with the cultural appropriation of monks somehow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it definitely rubs, does not rub me this wrong the same way. Yeah. Um, and also, I would think that these would be cool monks who'd be like, I'm spiritual, not religious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're down. They're New Age monks, if you will. Monks of the New Age. I'm also not entirely positive they're actually monks. They, in fact, are. They certainly this are. Is, this they is, once again, certainly this are. Is one, but they, they did not sing it for the song. Once again, they sang for a compilation, oh, a previous compilation. Not as happy about it, then. Uh, yeah. And That's crummy. Yeah, it was actually, so the Gregorian chants were but recorded from- I don't, uh, I, I don't feel the same way I feel about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's Europeans. I feel badly. Europeans, yeah. I feel badly about bad sampling. Yes. Yeah. That's what I feel um, bad about here. I can only assume you that know, they also didn't pay these guys too much like with, <laughs> I'm sure with the other uh, song. Yeah. You know, so I think that this is not very good. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Shocking. But I am, you know who disagrees with me? Europe. <laughs> Most of Europe, and certainly um, a San Francisco DJ who put, whose last name is Gavin, who used to put out the Gavin Report. Oh. Um, and he put he loves this song, and he wrote, Listeners may not have a clue what it's about, but the mood it creates is totally a unique production. We'll keep them glued, wanting more. Not only have the Germans demolished the Berlin Wall, they had the good sense to make this number one. Ah. <laughs> Whoa! This is as, this song is as good of an idea as demolishing the Berlin Wall. Dear Gavin of the Gavin Report, what? <laughs> Maybe like crack a history book. I don't know. I'm just saying that might be a good idea. That's um, wild. Just anyone, any history book. That's wild. <laughs> um, do you know what the song is about? It's about the Marquis de Sade, I believe. <laughs> it's sad, say sadness, sadness. Um, Tell you... me, give me. Yeah. Is what they're pleading yeah. with the sad, dis-moi, sad, di. Wait, was it? Uh, Donnez-moi. Uh, yeah, sad, Marquis de Sade. That is. Tell me, Marquis de Sade. Give me. Yikes. Can you? Who's the Marquis de Sade? Well, no. um, <laughs> fun fella. Um, fun fella. Yeah, so Marquis de Sade, famous, uh, famous uh, French political figure and erotic novelist. Uh, erotic in the most. Ex- Dream and broad uh, sense of the term. He wrote, of course, famously 120 uh, days or nights, uh, no. 120 Years. days of Saddam. Oh. Uh, you're thinking of Gabriel. You're thinking of Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Hundred years of solitude. I'm thinking Very of solitude, which would just be about masturbation, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, but all, all sorts of fun. Um, uh, he wrote. So Marquis de Sade was a. Um, His whole deal was that like sex had to be uh, painful to be pleasurable. Yes. Well, I think it's even more. It's even broader that it's sort of there's a political context to so the book itself. I've tried to read it. I couldn't because it was frankly too too uh, racy French. Too much about poop and sex, yeah, and also filthiness and incest. It was really—it's rough. It's basically—it's—it's it's a critique of the sort of um, establishment, as it were, and the upper—the sort of uh, upper classes taking quite aggressive advantage of the lower classes uh, in very many perverse sexual ways. Um, Just go ahead and play Assassin's Creed Unity. Unity. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but um, the one about the French Revolution. Okay, guys, just just listen to this song yeah. and you'll get it. But yeah, so so this is a song kind of about um, sex, I guess, uh, but also Jesus. Uh, I I don't even know. Much like Gavin, I don't know what the song about. It creates a mood. no, no, no. Gavin knows what the song is about. He's saying listeners might not know what it's about, but Ooh, I love Gavin. it anyway. Ooh. But I think Gavin is implying that he knows. Oh, it he creates knows. a mood. Mood. It's a pure mood. It's a pure mood. It's the most pure mood. This is yeah. This is the most pure, <laughs> pure mood on the thing. It's a bit confusing, but also it's definitely about sex. Um, to be fair, you hear the song and you're like, I 100 percent have a mood. It's just that one one pure mood. 
First of all, is is food code for taking a poop? I definitely. I remember hearing this song as a child and feeling like it's something I wasn't supposed to hear. Yeah, you're right. Same way you, yeah, exactly. It's like if you, if you, it's like when you're, when you're very young and you encounter like a piece of media, like a movie or TV show that has a very sexual moment and you're just uncomfortable and you don't, can't express your discomfort because you're a child and don't understand, but you feel like you should. That's what this song is to me. Where you're like, oh, I, uh, it just makes you feel very weird. I think this is a weird song given. I always think it's weird when people sexualize religious figures. Yeah. I just think you shouldn't. <laughs> How do you feel about the young pope? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think actually I would like the young pope if I watched it. <laughs> but the whole point of that yeah. is like hypocrisy and yes. wildness. So I would like that. I, I'm, I'm talking more like sexy yes. nun costumes and stuff like that. I'm got like, you, I, mean, no, no, good. I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, like, I don't mind so much. Because I remember, I remember when the Met Gala was, like, Catholic-themed. Yep. Um, I didn't really mind that so much because I'm like, it's fashion and, you know, it's Catholicism's deep roots in America and that's okay. Like, I think we yeah. can do that. I, I was comfortable with it. Um, also, Catholicism does have a certain style to it. Oh, absolutely. That's, oh, 100%. That's one of the joys yeah, 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 yeah. But I think most people in that, like, like Catholicism can take the hit. They're pretty, they're pretty powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty pervasive. I, you know, we've been, obviously, the Arch- Catholics have been persecuted. The Archbishop is handing over his uh, his things to Rihanna. Yeah, exactly. His, his mitre. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's a mitre. Sure. That's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's a hat. It's a hat. The Catholics do, are. Do you really want to know? <laughs> Catholics it's are uh, are very good at funny hats. Yeah, I will say, hmm. funny um, decorative hats. Yeah, but you know, just as if, just as if a a native person would be like, I don't actually mind those base glazer wearing uh, headdresses. By the way, I don't think very many of them are. No, I don't yeah. think that's uh, so. Uh, there you go. But um, <laughs> it's weird to say, especially considering all the the troubles. Let's call it the troubles. Yeah. <laughs> the good. The Catholic uh, Church has had with with sex, yep. and their um, their clergy. By which you mean the 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 lack of support for birth control, correct? <laughs> <laughs> for what? Zing. For, for um, the very least. Yeah. The very least. Yeah, that is an excellent point. If you if you the, the message of the song is make a baby, literally, don't just get down, but like make a baby because we don't you're not supposed to use birth control. We're <laughs> um, the method only. Rhythm indeed. <laughs> um, so, what did you guys have for categories for sadness? This song? I'm the most proud of this category for myself, so I would like well, to go Well, please. Last. Please indeed. Or I can go first, too. Uh, I will go first then. Yeah. I would like to point out the time period that this came out, mm-hmm. that there was no internet at this time. Mm. So, the only. There, it was not, there was not, barely it, internet at this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Internet was <laughs> not widely nerds, available in deep your nerds yeah. had it strictly. Yes. Also, the web. The mm. web. It, this is this is definitely a time before Google. So yeah. you had to go directly to uh, to <laughs> Enigma's website, mm-hmm. which you had to know offhand. So the only way you know <laughs> what this song was about is through the little packet that comes at the front of the mm, CD. Yeah, yeah. And all these words are not in English. Hmm. So I think that the fact that it is. A secretly sexual song was hidden, like you knew the feeling, mm-hmm. but you felt it in your loins, but not in your brain. Yes. Yeah. So I called it "If You Seek Amy." Oh, oh cool. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Okay. Like it. Like nice, it. Nice. Like it. I, I will go next. Um, so I went uh, because this is again this compilation for moms. This is a song 
about sex, I went with as a category sending the kids off to summer camp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah. Um, I it struck me in a bol- like a bolt of lightning from the sky. This is about the Mar- Mar- uh, Marquis de Sade, but it's a song for sex. So I believe that this is a Marquis de Sade. <laughs> <laughs> and I've included I've included the phonic pronunciation of Sade after it. Nice. In my category. <laughs> God damn it. That's 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 too perfect. I'm sorry. Yeah. You, you, Mary, I'm sorry you have to win. Thank yes. you. That's also, I feel like this is not a, this is not encouraging the kind of sex the Marquis de Sade would want you to have. No, 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 no. God no. <laughs> For gentle, slow, missionary style between adults. Between consenting adults who are married. Yeah. Who've I don't had think that's three the Marquis- glasses of red wine. I don't think that's Ooh. what the Marquis de said and and maybe and maybe a dinner at an Olive Garden. Yeah. <laughs> maybe what- maybe even you checked out a suite at the Marriott. Your uh, local Marriott. The not a yeah. The Sibirus. Oh God. This is the, the no, I this think is I, the most Sibirus song ever yeah. written. Yeah. <laughs> this is just Probably. playing on a loop in yeah. there. If it wasn't used in a uh, a commercial for a Pocono's uh Resort, I I don't know what yeah, we're even if, doing. If with you ourselves. find yourself in a large, if you uh, champagne, <laughs> champagne shaped uh, hot Private tub, swimming turning pool. that hot tub on will also turn this song on as well. All right, guys, here we are. Last track of part one of the CD, Ademus by Ademus. Ademus. Uh, so, fun fact. So, just just to clarify one point. Um, the the commercial itself lists the artist for the song Ademus as Ademus. That is not the case. In fact, <laughs> it's funny to say though because Ademus is a word that makes me giggle. Ademus. I it's also like so Ademus serious. being like, we named our band this, but we love it too much. We also need to have a song yeah. called Ademus. It's like, okay, Ademus, uh, Ga- gather, gather, Ademus. We have to have a conversation. We have this beautiful song. What? Um, this is a piano man situation. What do you want to do? This is a piano man situation. Are you the piano man? Or did you become the piano man? Are you a demus or did you become a demus because of the song? I don't think that anyone becomes the piano man. I think that be the piano is thrust upon one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hopefully not dropped though. Oof. Unless you know unless you unless you're a bad guy in a cartoon. Anyway, so Demus is actually uh, Carl Jenkins. You can see why K. they might have gone with Ademus yeah. instead. Well, he's uh, foreign, of course. Well, he's he's British. Uh, yeah. Oh, um, so Carl Jenkins was actually a member of the band The Soft Machine, which is a legitimately really cool band from the 60s and 70s. Um, uh, and after he got out of Soft Machine, he started doing music for commercials. And fun fact, the song Ademus, guess what it was made for, guys? A Delta Airlines television commercial. Yeah. Which I frankly just love. I love that this. It song, makes sense yeah. once you know yeah, that. You know that it makes so much sense. But I love again, much like having uh, half the songs that are on this part of the compilation that are like TV theme songs or weird type of remixes. It, it, it's like, where did you get this from? Monks to screw to. Monks to screw to. Delta <laughs> Airlines commercial music. Ademus. Um, so furthermore, not only not only is the song itself just a, the 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 backing track to a, a plane commercial, rather an airline commercial. And that's what you commercial for planes. <laughs> though that would be kind of funny too. 
But um, yeah, this is <laughs> Fly actually. Fly a plane. <laughs> hey, hey. You in the market for a PJ? <laughs> Private jet. Private jet. Adimus yeah. um, approved. Adimus <laughs> loves planes. Uh, but yeah, the, so the, the lyrics sound very like mysterious and kind of like uh, like, like like some from some sort of exotic language. Mystical. Right? They are all nonsense. Which makes sense that they sound mi- mystical because it's, it's about as yeah. real as Elvish. It's, exactly. It's just total nonsense. They are singing lyrics. Laura Mipsum. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. That would have been a good category. Yeah, apparently they're just simply used as another instrument to make music and not to convey any message. Actually, when I read that, I felt like kind of a dick for being like, it not mean anything. I'm like, oh, I suppose that's valid. It's just just for music. Um, but yeah, so the song itself, uh, again, I think it was used as commercial, but became quite, it was, it was actually apparently often misattributed to Inya, which seems a bit huh. weird because it's, it's. Yeah, it's, you know, it's not Inya. You know, it's yeah. not sound Inya. Like her. Yeah. Um, and it, largely due to the fact that both were on this compilation and that caused a bit of confusion um, between uh, Orinoco Flow and Odemus. Yeah, so um, so Carl Jenkins, of course, was in the slot machine. He joined the band uh, in 1972 and um, ended up making Delta Airline commercial music. Mm-hmm. So God bless him. And, and he, was, he was like, I would like to make some money, please. And like put us all into it. I mean, it has to be acknowledged. That, like this song, it's kind of funny. Inventing a language for it is yeah, pretty. I mean, it's uh, my question is, was it a mistake that they put Ademus Ademus? Or was it, did they just purposefully rename him? I honestly, like, his name Carl is too, I, too yeah, gross. Is Carl, do we <laughs> can't have Carl Jenkins have on Carl. here? What kind yeah. of mood does a Carl Jenkins I think Jenkins it was probably inspire? a printing mistake and they were like, too late. Too late. Yeah. It's I on all the jewel too. cases. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, so Ademus by Ademus. I'm going to stick to the call. I mean, Ademus by Carl, quote, Ademus Jenkins. Um, what did you guys think? Well, first, what do you think? What did you guys think of this tune? And then how did you it? Is, it is, yeah. Okay. It's fine. It's an interesting midpoint because it does sort of. Uh, well, end point for us. But end point for us, midpoint for the actual for CD the itself. It does sort of um, it, it signal what's coming up. I guess this sort of strange twist away from techno remixes and theme songs. Well, there's more theme songs, but to let's say a lighter tone. to me, yeah. to me, it sounds more like I feel like it does actually feel. And maybe it's because we just broke it up. So wait, it seems like a callback to Enigma in a certain way. Yeah. They would like live in the same area. It's when you have like, to go to the second second side of the of the tape. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. It's really weird. Like, it makes sense why it would be here. It it did not prepare me as much as I thought it would for the second half. No. I will say to me... Which is now a mysterious... Ooh, ooh the second half. I feel like this is... this is, And I don't... I apologize for my lack of mu- like experience as a musician. I don't have the words to truly convey this. It sounds to me quite generic. Yeah. It's the best way I can describe it. And again, you see... You, it's spa music. It's spa time. music, yeah. This is... this is. Yeah, we talked about the idea that new age music is not a genre, rather a label that is used as an umbrella across uh, different songs and genres that have sort of common themes. And this is the first one where it's just like, music? Like, it's it's just kind of like... It's it's it's, I didn't, it's, a, it's a fine song. It's beautiful. But um, yeah, it's, it's like non... It, it's, it's nothing at the same time. It, it's, yeah... Would you say it sounds commercial? (laughs) 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 Oh, Oh, would I? Oh, I was so pleased with that pun, guys. As you should be. That's a good one. Um, Should we just launch right into categories? Let's do it, yeah. 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 Um, So I called this uh, uh, 
Mama Sound Bath got jets because mm. it is it sounds like something you would like listen to and think that it was like really going to heal you, but ultimately it's it's just art. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It doesn't it doesn't have any like deeper meaning. It sounds like something to be fun to listen to in a whirlpool tub. Yeah. Yeah. While like while some uh bubble bath gets swished I mean, about you. After after sadness is over in your champagne shade bubble tub. Bubble, bubble <laughs> no, tub. No, no, this comes this comes before. <laughs> oh, this is the build up. This yeah, is the foreplay yeah. as it were. Yeah. To that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You take a shower after that and have a, and have a bit of a pee. <laughs> Important. <laughs> Yes, while you're while a fella warms brandy snifters for you. Oh, nice, nice. Buy a candle. <laughs> Fireplace. <laughs> you need much much more heat. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> Nothing like brandy right by an open flame. <laughs> it's a great idea. It's really romantic. It's so common. That's like a oh, thing. What do you see anyone buy a fireplace? On is fur, funny. laying on fur with a brandy snifter by an open fire. <laughs> a demus. The gentle tones of a demus in the background. Well, the ending tones of a demus. Yeah. <laughs> It's all good. Um, yeah. So, what was your what was your category? Mama's sound path bath got jets. Nice, Kelly. Uh, so, I picked up on the nothingness words mm-hmm. of this and decided to reuse a category in a different way. Ooh. I called this "If you seek Amy," because that phrase means not a goddamn thing. That's true. <laughs> oh, true, true, true. Unless, true, true. unless. You're talking to a um, an, a little dwarf animal in front of a maze. If you see Jamie, <laughs> cross my palm with silver. Yeah. And, you know, so I went, uh, because this is a song that sounds kind of sacred, but is, in fact, just nonsense made for a commercial. And, in fact, thus the, the, the least sacred thing possible. I went back to a uh, glass of white, iced white Zin on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I think Mary gets it. Thank you. Yeah. Well, guys, we did it. Part one. Boom. Yay! Boom. Um, so thank you once again, as always, for joining us on this uh, musical journey of ours. Um, stay tuned uh, in a couple weeks, two weeks specifically, uh, for part two of this two-part series, uh, Pure Moods. Um and, of course, when the consent, you can listen to it on the podcast platform of your choice, the be that Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> uh, so check it out there. And while you're there, remember to leave a rating or review for us, your lovely hosts. Uh, thank you so much, guys. Stay tuned for part two. Otherwise, uh, bye. 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 Outrageous?